Welcome back. Happy Saturday and what a time to be alive. I just ate a whole pint of mint chocolate chip ice cream and read a very steamy Sarah J. Mass scene in Throne of Glass. One of the first steamy scenes. Whoa, I just stuttered so bad. I'm like, one of the first steamy, help me steamy scenes in this series. Apparently I can't talk because I am so shook from it. It was beautiful. It was everything. I am on Empire Storms right now. I got three books left. Well, two and a half now. And I'm really loving it. It's going great. When I finished Queen of Shadows, I was like, I think I might like this series as much as Akatar. But I don't know. I got to wait and see. I got to read it to the end. Guys, September is halfway over and I'm so confused. I don't know how it's gone by so fast. I feel like this happens every year. I feel like August goes by really slow and then September's like, zing, goodbye. (laughs) And then October's like, bye. And then November, December. I feel like we're in the part of the year that that feels like it goes by faster, which is kind of nice, kind of a fun time. And then for some reason, January is like 72 years long. Anyway, I hope everyone's having a great autumn. What's the vibes? Are we having hot girl autumn, sad girl autumn? Where are you guys at? Let me think about where I'm at. I think I am in on the cusp of change girl autumn. Change girl autumn. (laughs) And uh, I'm feeling good right now, but I am actually legitimately making some changes behind the scenes um, with life and business and I can't tell you what it is yet which is so toxic of me but um, I'm scared. I'm scared of change. I'm scared to switch things up but I also feel like I love change and need it. So we that's that's my fall vibe. Changing it up. We're reading new Sarah J Mass books. We're eating mint chocolate chip ice cream. It's great. I don't feel like I have many other life updates, and I really want to get into the bulk of this episode, which is a business Q&A. This is by far my most highly requested episode. We've done one before. Um, It was a long time ago, I think like 10 months ago. So it's time to do another one. And I asked some people on Instagram, I just opened a question box asking for any questions that people have, and I'm so excited about the questions and grateful to anyone who submitted them. Here's a quick summary of my entrepreneur journey before we go into it. I have been my own boss since November 2017. And from 2017 to March of 2020, I was a wedding and family photographer. And then from 2020 to now, I've had the common room. So I've been on the side of service-based business and product-based business. So I hope that that can help give sort of a range of answers as I go through these questions. All right, very first question is perfect. Somebody said, how did you get started? I'm going to mostly answer common room questions, but I'll talk about photography a little bit. With photography, I worked at a family photo studio and they didn't treat their employees very well. So I quit after 11 months. I actually had to buy my way out of the contract. It was quite the scandal. It was craziness, but I was equipped to start my own business at that point. So I started a website and I think I, how did I even build a clientele? I'm trying to remember. 
I honestly think a big thing with photography was word of mouth. So I started with family, friends, and people I knew, but I already did have my training. So I had done hundreds of photo sessions, but this was like the first time as my own boss. So yeah, word of mouth spread pretty fast. So that was lucky. And then I just had an Instagram and I think I would post on like mom Facebook groups. So yeah, that's how I got started with photography with like doing my own stuff and then with the common room I started it as just a t-shirt and crew neck company so it was only original items on like blank tees and stuff and I used to design them all myself R.I.P. she is not good at design (laughs) but I still treasure those little crappy designs from from the first month but I just found a website online that printed on tees and I ordered like three in each size and I bought some packaging materials and we were good to go. I already had a bookstagram account. I think I had a couple hundred followers, which is so crazy because that's the common room account now. So for a few months before I was posting, I was very inspired by Abigail's cup of tea and the whole like Harry Potter meets modern bohemian aesthetic. So I would just post on there. And at the time, it was two weeks before COVID. So as COVID hit, there wasn't a lot of shops like that. So I feel very fortunate. The timing was very lucky. I owe so much to the timing. So yeah, I was able to start selling shirts that way. And there's also the legal side of things, which feels intimidating, but I really recommend doing it because it just kind of shows to yourself that you're serious about it. And then for tax and legal stuff, it feels really good to have your own back and know you've gone through things the right way. So personally, I have an LLC through the state of Utah. It took like maybe an hour to do. And honestly, I BS a lot of it because I had no idea what I was doing. But hey, it worked out. So just Googled some stuff, filled out the LLC. And that was that. What are some of the next launch themes coming and which are you most excited about? Ooh, ooh, ooh. okay, the next three launches we are doing are all Harry Potter, which feels very good. And after those, we have like this massive Sarah J. Mass launch. Oh, and between those, a Taylor launch. So it's like three Harry Potter, a Midnight's launch, and this massive Sarah J. Mass launch. So I'm honestly very excited about all of them. Next week is Hermione's birthday, and the items I found I'm really happy with. And we have a candle coming, and then we have one called the Burrow Bookstore launch, and then we have, like, the next two that's, like, the last Harry Potter, the Taylor Swift and the Sarah J. Mass are, like, products I've been working on for months and months that are, like, one of the Harry Potter one that's launching in three launches from now is, like, it is the definition of brainchild, and it's this force of you new printing techniques completely fun retro design style that I've built from scratch plus an amazing design from a designer that is embroidered and I'm not going to say anymore but oh so that's not going to be until October but all the launches up till then feel very like new common room vibes like the retro the fun the modern guys I'm trying to gen zify myself as a zillennial <laughs> Uh, don't cancel me for saying millennial. Does that make me chooky? <laughs> See, I'm telling you, I'm insecure about it. I know that I 
have like this curated vibe but I man the Gen Z's they really be out here having businesses and making it look so aesthetic and I feel like they don't like inconvenience themselves as much they are just like a naturally a vibe they snap a pic and they're like this is perfect so anyway I don't know how I got here but I'm trying to channel that energy favorite and least favorite thing about owning a business my favorite thing is that it feels really good on my brain that I am in control of my creativity and how hard I work and how that can be with my job So there's so much freedom. There's so much passion. Like there's never a time where it's like just tedious all the time. It's always mixed with like my daily tasks are half like emails and structured stuff, which is good. But then half like let's sketch an idea and then reach out to the vendors and choose the fabrics. Like that's so fun. So I like that it's constantly changing. So much freedom. And like, I didn't know this could be a job. So I think I, I'm two and a half years in and I am still completely in shock. So just like the, the fun and the magic, it really is very magical. Least favorite thing about owning the business is that I put my worth into it a lot and I have to check myself. Like if I feel bad about how I look in product photos, I'm like, I start to doubt my business, even though that shouldn't affect anything or my personal worth or it shouldn't just be, it shouldn't feel so high stakes. If sales fluctuate and are on like a downward spiral at times, I take it so personally and I take it as like a failure of myself and just like wholly and completely not being good enough. So I think that can be hard as an entrepreneur is like it's this job, but your soul is woven into every aspect of the job. And so with every success and failure, you're riding along with it. And it it can be really hard for me to separate myself from that and be like, the business is a business and I am an individual with worth that is separate from how much money I make or how sales do. What are your favorite products you have ever launched? Okay, the Invisibility Cloak Candle is so sacred to me. (laughs) The Brave at Heart sweater, um, which I didn't design. I found for my vendors, but then on top of that, I was able to turn that into the Ravenclaw, the Hufflepuff, and the Slytherin sweaters, which, by the way, people (laughs) have been asking when I'm restocking the Slytherin, so I should say that. It's probably not going to be until around Black Friday. But I'm going to get a lot and we're also expanding our sizing to be more size inclusive. So hopefully it will be worth the wait. I really love the Marauders stuff that we've launched. It felt very aligned with my life obsession. And um, yeah, just most of the common room originals are close to my heart. This question is so good. It do be hitting me hard though. If you could only sell one fandom for the rest of your life, which would it be? And I would have to say Wizarding World because in a way that's like could even be three fandoms like you could go into the fanfic world you could do Marauders you could do Golden Trio um and then you could do like the Fantastic Beasts which I haven't really done other than Wizarding World if I had to choose another or like second place would be Sarah J Mass, especially because we are licensed with her so anything goes um but I actually really love 
the challenge of not being licensed with Warner Brothers. <laughs> Girl, I've tried, but I can't figure it out. I don't think they offer that type of thing. So I'll talk about this more with a later question, but you kind of have to tiptoe around some legal stuff. But I like the challenge. It's not too bad. Favorite launches you've ever had? Um, recently, my Harry Styles launch. That was very special to me. And I really like the Common Room Original by Lexi Styles, who is an incredible designer. And I like the Academia vibes, the boutique items. I like them. I've My style has changed a lot this year. It used to be very, I don't know, like um, Utah girl boutique vibes. And now I think it's more casual, like a little bit more boyish like chunky sneakers and jeans and more baggy and casual which I kind of feel like is just how style has evolved so that being said it was summer for so long and now fall I'm like getting to channel this really new fun side of that sense of style and the Harry Styles launch I just did was one of the first big launches where I got to play around with that Someone said, not a question, but what if you did a shirt like the Little Woman plus Taylor Swift, the Garden Gate tee, I'm assuming, but with Akhtar and Taylor Swift. Can you read minds? Because I totally have that idea in motion. So yes, expect it. It's not, it's not the big Sarah J Mass launch coming up, but it's sort of in the pre-production. Item you thought would be a bestseller, but wasn't and vice versa. This is so good. I am constantly shocked. I never know. I never have a sense of what's going to sell that well. For example, the Garden Gate tea, which is the March Sisters house with the Taylor Swift lyric. I never expected that to do as well as it did because it was kind of a niche concept with like, who's going to know that the March Sisters and Cruel Summer go together? But I was like, I like it. So I'm just going to do it. Um, that sold really well. And then on the opposite side of things, let me think. I launched this shirt for Harry Potter's birthday this last year. And it's it's styled after Harry's tee that he's always wearing, the like blue ringer tee. And it has puff print on the front with this incredible design that Sarah made that says chosen one. And it did sell well, but I was expecting it to fly off the shelves. I think it sold like 50% capacity rather than selling out which surprised me, but I usually like a good challenge. So I was like, all right, what are the people wanting if they don't want this? And then I've been able to branch out into more of like graphic tees versus the puff print. We're always, we're always experimenting. So yeah. How do you go about with collaborating with other creators? Um, I'm assuming this is like designer vibes. I lurk on Instagram a lot I will go deep into like I'll find an account I like that's a designer and then I'll go into accounts they follow and then accounts they follow and accounts they follow and just find what resonates with my style I like to change things up with the common room a lot and see what works but usually yeah if I find any cool designer on Instagram where I like their vibe I'll just shoot them an email and be like hey I own this shop and sometimes I don't even know if they've read the books but I am always blown away by how talented they are and how well they capture these ideas. How do you deal with imposter syndrome as a small business owner? <gasps> Not the imposter syndrome. Oh, well, let me start by saying you are valid. 
<laughs> I think that everyone feels this way. There should be no shame around feeling this way. There can be a few strategies that I will do. No one knows what you need like you know what you need. But let me tell you mine and maybe it will help. If not, no worries. But sometimes when I'm feeling imposter syndrome, I just need to step away. That's option one. Just take a break from the weekend. Lean into other passions that aren't work. So I'll like hike more, bake more, whatever. Number two is actually lean more into your work and whatever you do don't really look at other people's stuff for a while lean into your own ideas how can you make them better how can you expand a new fandom what's something you've never thought about and focusing on the work gets you out of your head a little bit more and then a third option is to take a step back from what you're doing and see if you should lean into a completely different concept idea for example, maybe I was feeling imposter syndrome with my shop. Maybe I step back, but I still want to be working on something or being creative so I could stop with the shop for a minute, but really focus on my podcast or a YouTube channel or some other fun things that are coming soon. <laughs> so annoying. I'm sorry. Also, I honestly, I'm not saying this to like root insecurity, but sometimes with imposter syndrome, I feel like you should take a huge step back for a second if you if you feel so inclined and look at the career as a whole. This is what happened to me with photography. I was like, I know I love being an entrepreneur and I need to be creative, but I took a huge step back and I was taking all these business courses and I was like, I'm in the wrong industry. Like I always had imposter syndrome as a photographer and in the end, it wasn't my perfect fit. It was a fit, maybe not perfect, but by no means am I saying if you have imposter syndrome, you're like in the wrong career, but there's a million things you could be doing. So if you feel like something's right, but could be a little bit off, maybe take a step back, look at it, but you know you. Maybe you just need to take a step back and literally not think about work at all. How do you deal with legal stuff with the business? I have a copyright lawyer who is a queen, she helped me. We did, honestly, it wasn't long. It was like a two, one to two hour consultation. Went through the copyright site online, how to look up stuff in their system, um, some general guidelines, pretty much don't use full names, which I did with Stranger Things. And then um, Shopify emailed me and was like, take your Stranger Things stuff down. And I was like, so true, bestie. I did not follow the rules, so I did take them down. But generally, it's totally okay if you don't use full names, places that are fictional like um, Hogsmeade, Hogwarts, and then look where you can with authors who do licensing because with Sarah J. Mass, like I said, I can do Asriel Reese. I can do any names and places. How do you get so many ideas for launches and exclusive products? I used to have this structured in a way that was like so stressful. I was working on a two week ahead schedule. And so like two and a half weeks before a launch, I would be like, okay, I got to get my launch for two weeks. Think of an idea now and make it relevant and make it really fun and no pressure. <laughs> and that ended up being a lot of pressure. <laughs> This year, what I started doing is cranking out the product. So I was like, at all times, I'm just going to have 10 to 12 designs lined up. And 
when I get bursts of ideas, sometimes I'll do like six ideas in one week. And sometimes I'll go a month without thinking of any ideas because I'm just not feeling creative that week. But because I have that arsenal of ideas, I'm fine. And I'm like keeping this stream going. So that's what I would really recommend. Plus, if you have 10 to 12 and say there's like four different fandoms, you can always switch up what fandoms. So maybe like this week... If I had originally a Narnia launch prepared, but then I noticed it was Hermione's birthday, I could be like, oh, okay, I'll switch it around. My Back to Hogwarts launch this year was obliterated. I had such an idea. It's actually the one that I was gushing about that hasn't come out yet. It's been delayed this long. It didn't come in time for Back to Hogwarts. So that could have been a crisis. I still cried. I still cried. I was still very sad. But it wasn't a crisis because I had those 10 to 12 like lined up. So I was just able to take one that I loved and be like, okay, well, this is still something I'm very proud of. And I was happy with it. It wasn't the item. Oh, gosh. You guys are going to have the highest hopes now. I'm kind of scared. I'm like uh, really setting a high expectation. But yeah. Any tips on starting to make teas? No clue if I should outsource or try my hand at screen printing. I personally cannot speak for both because I've never screen printed myself. Um, But I can share the reason why I chose that and my motives. And then you should decide whatever is best for you. But for me, I was already wearing so many shoes with the common room. Like shooting the photos, editing the photos, uh, uploading the products, measurements, packaging orders, you know, all the stuff, curating launches. So I decided that that was not another thing I wanted to add to my list if it was possible for me to outsource. So I outsource all of my designs. I don't print them myself. I have a bunch of different people so that once again, it's the same concept of like having other options lined up in case one goes wrong. So I have like two to three online printers I've used And then I have an in-person local printer that I use. And they're all for different things. So like my local printer does screen printing, but he doesn't do digital printing. So he can't do an image with multiple colors. So I have ones online that can do that. Another cool thing about the local printer is I can provide my own products. I can order through him if I want, like if I want to get a Gildan crew neck or whatever. But if I want to get this unique tea I found on my boutique site and print a design on that, I can bring it to him and he'll print on anything I provide. So I guess that would be a benefit of doing it yourself as well, is you could print on anything that you can find. So is that something you want to have control over? Is that responsibility you want to take on? Um, Take a look at the costs and how that would go for you as well. But there is absolutely no wrong answer. I think whatever resonates with you. How far out do you plan your launches? Is it stressful to think that far ahead? I, once again, used to only plan them out two weeks. And that was way more stressful than planning ahead. Right now I'm planned out to February. So five months or so. And it is for all the reasons I listed before, a huge weight off my shoulders. What is your best advice on taking good product photos? Don't take them yourself. (laughs) Gosh, I've tried to take them myself a few times and I want to scream like with a tripod. It's never in focus. I feel like there's three tiers, okay? There's take it yourself. Tier two is someone close to you who's not a photographer takes them. And tier three is hire a photographer. 
Uh, Connor does a good job, but we don't enjoy that. It's not a very romantic experience for us. I get very snappy. He gets quiet. I don't think being an Instagram husband is that fun because I'm like, crap, loser. You need to work on your camera height, all that. So bless him. He's done it on and off for all two and a half years. But my top recommendation would be to outsource to a photographer because it is such a way off. The arrangement I have now is the dream where it's she is a professional, but she's also one of my best friends. So she will take them and then hand me the memory card and then I'll edit them myself, which is nice because I'm a, I'm in a bad schedule where I will shoot product photos the day before the launch. So if I hired a photographer I didn't know, they'd probably need a lot more time to edit versus me who's like, I'll just whip out these edits in two hours. So I don't know. That being said, from being a photographer, most photographers don't give out their raw files and Caitlin only does that because we're good friends. So, yeah, I definitely think it's possible to have a good experience having someone close to you shoot them, but just don't be mean to them like I am mean to Connor. Bless his soul. I would apologize to him, but I don't think he listens to my podcast. LOL, XO. Is it your goal to have a brick and mortar shop or do you prefer online? I definitely prefer online. I am not close-minded to the brick and mortar, but it's not even in my five-year plan right now. I don't know how it would do. I'm sure it would do fine because I think generally reading is very cool right now, but I just, I've never really gone that way. Passion hasn't gone that way, but I would like to do a warehouse sale, though I'm not sure if I can do it in my current space. That was always the plan when I moved into the current space, but our inventory took up more room than we thought. And so I was like, I'm just going to push that back. So we'll see. How much planning did it take up front before you started the business? I was fortunate to be in a place where I didn't have that many photo shoots going on. It was February. So that was like a low season for my job back then. And I got the idea and became a maniac and made it happen in two weeks. But I think I was lucky because I knew how to build a website. I honestly wouldn't change a thing, though. That's my slogan. I will die. Put this on. (laughs) I will die. Awesome. (laughs) I don't know why I said that. Put this on my tombstone. Quote, do it while you are passionate. But also, if it takes you longer, then that's great, too. I think there's different personality types. Do it while you're passionate. And if that means two months of putting intentions into it, great. And if that means two weeks of mania, great. Did you do any business education courses slash workshops before starting? Yes, and they were the reason I realized that I wanted to be an entrepreneur, but I was in the wrong niche. Um, I started taking all these courses when I was a photographer in November 2019. I took so many business courses from Kenzie Madsen. She is incredible, such an idol and role model to me. I took her courses for about five months. I took a graphic design course um just like I can't remember the names of them but like marketing courses really fun modern inspiring stuff and they definitely served me a lot if anything to just remind myself to have more fun not take things seriously and remind myself that anything is possible in fact I should probably take more courses again now that I am expanding into new things and feeling frightened what advice would you give beginning of the business you I think I would tell 
six to eight months in me that I should hire someone to help me package orders and that that is not a weakness and it doesn't need to be a big scary thing. Just do it and it'll be fine. Just hire someone you know and ask for help. And then I would just tell my younger self to plan ahead more. And then I would tell 2020 Hallie to just be careful how much personal stuff I post because it sort of felt like I owed that to people, but I didn't. Felt like I needed to wake up and post every moment of my day and every feeling ever. I still feel like that sometimes because I want to share and I like to share feelings and I have a lot of feelings at all times. But by no means do you need to like crack open your heart and put it on a plate and hand it to someone. Like that doesn't mean you'll make more sales. You can do that if you want and if you want to, great. If you don't want to, then don't. I felt like I didn't have a choice at some points. I was like, I need to share everything. And I didn't. Someone said, any Marauders launch is coming up. Yes, I am finally launching the Anything for Our Mooney Tea, which I have shared it a little bit, but not too much. But it's a design Sarah made for me. And it has a little Remus face on it, a little Andrew Garfield. And it says, Anything for Our Mooney. And I'm launching that in October. And I am restocking the Invisibility, <laughs> so sorry, Invisibility Cloak Candle in October as well. Do you have a system when picking out pieces for launches or just pick intuitively? The system is, would Hallie wear this? Cool, then I will get it. <laughs> I honestly just put in clothes that I would wear because they're just clothes by the nerdy girl next door for the nerdy girl next door. That's the niche. And I have a lot of vendors online, a lot of different fashion vendors whose stuff I like. And then I'll just browse every week through their new stuff and see if I like it and curate a launch based on that. And I try to get items in like a diverse price range. So lately I've been trying to get like more teas, like cropped lettuce edge stuff that is in the like 25 to 35 dollar range and then try to get you know more expensive stuff that's like good quality get some overalls get some pants you know variety how long does it take to make a common room original okay if I'm wanting it to be a really good one and I'm not rushed or stressed or lazy it can take I'd say my favorite ones probably take around four months from conception to selling it especially because I'm not a designer so I'll come up with the idea approach a designer they'll give me a sketch we'll talk about it they'll get me the final design I'll start it with my custom vendors we'll discuss fabrics colors design styles they'll send a sample maybe they'll send another sample it takes weeks and then I place the bulk order which can take like two weeks to a month and then I'll get the bulk order and then I will launch it how do you gauge what quantities to order of each item? I wish I knew. Once again, it seems like I can never predict what will sell. But I kind of have an intuition for certain items in the shop. If it's like like the Harry Styles launch, I did this kiwi puff top that's like honestly gorgeous. It's like this satin puff sleeve modern day princess vibe. But I was like, I've never launched anything like this in the shop before. So I didn't get as many. 
which ended up being the right thing to do because they sold they're selling but it wasn't like off the shelves I think because it's like a more bold fashion risk and then with like tees or cozy crewnecks I know I can get a little bit more of those because people feel more safe with pants sometimes I'll get less honestly a lot of times with pants I'll launch it in low quantities and then if it sells out I'll get higher quantities but that is risky because sometimes my vendors sell out before I can restock and then I'm like oh well R.I.P. sorry guys How did you build a social media following for your brand? Originally, I leaned a lot into sending stuff to influencers that I really liked. And I would just send like PR packages and they would post stuff, which was so beneficial and amazing and helpful. And then year two was very heavy on the TikTok vibes. And now I'm... I'm almost kind of at a standstill with growth. So I'm, I need to have a marketing strategy meeting where I feel like TikTok a year ago with my shop, I had higher chances of going viral than now. But also maybe that's just me having like a mindset of lack. So I don't know. Now I perhaps should try both TikToks and other stuff or sending stuff to influencers. But yeah, that's how I got started. Things to buy for the best first launch day. So excited for you. Bubble wrap, <laughs> tape, all of the packaging supplies that you want. Don't um, don't get the orders and then be like, oh, I have no bubble wrap. I'm sure you've already thought of that though. That's, that's uh, good stuff. And then, oh, this isn't things to buy, but I would look into if USPS and UPS can do pickup at your house or wherever your workplace is. Because if not, you'll have to go to the post office every time you have orders, which can add a lot of hassle versus if you plop it in a box and then UPS picks it up. That was something I used to do. My first 10, 8 to 10 months of the business, I had to go to the post office every time. It was killer. What is a challenging part of your business that you didn't originally think would be challenging? I didn't expect how deeply emotional it would be with like my heart being intertwined with it, which it's kind of just how how I be. <laughs> it's taken a lot of growth to even like deal with mean messages or this isn't anyone being mean, but like say two shops come out with a similar product at the same time and it's you both feel bad and it's awkward. I think navigating that can be kind of hard on your mental health and your emotions. Um, learning mistakes the hard way. Like, for example, in my first year, I saw a design on Pinterest that I really liked. And I was like, I want to make a sort of... I don't know what was going through my head because I was like I want to do my own take on that so I got my own designer but then it looked so close to the one on Pinterest and I was like I don't know why I launched it but I launched it and then I got hazed and publicly bullied for it which makes sense but for some reason That wasn't a lesson I intuitively learned or thought about on my own until I was like, okay, we're not going to go find cool graphics on Pinterest anymore and Harry Potterify them. Like, they have to be original ideas completely from my mind. So that happened, which was hard because it's like a mistake you genuinely made and you're in the wrong, but then people like to prey on you not being a perfect person. That's just social media shiz right there. 
on average, how often do you cry? Because it's at least once or twice a day over here. I joke a lot that I cry every day, but I didn't have the awareness to actually know. So I asked Connor, how often do I cry? And he said three or four times a week. I was like, that is so good. I'm shocked. I thought it was going to be like nine times a week. No shame to anyone who cries nine times a week. Crying is the best. We stand a crying girl. But yeah, three or four. Yeah. <laughs> About when you were a photographer, any advice for newer photogs trying to gain experience? Ooh, yes. Um, okay, I think that looking at photographers in your area and seeing if they offer mentoring could be really cool. Some people do that. They'll have you pay a hundred or I don't know, I'm throwing at a price, so I don't want to get your expectations set, but they'll have you pay them to shadow for a shoot. Sometimes they'll even have you come for free to shadow the shoot. You can hold their lenses or whatever and just kind of watch them and see how they shoot. I think that's a really cool way to learn. And then you have this beautiful session where if the photographer is okay with it, you can market it on your own. And then, of course, there's the option to do some free shoots for people, which I think can be very beneficial, but you don't want to take advantage of yourself. So strategically choosing who you do the free shoots for, honestly, marketing is manipulative. So use it to your advantage. Find an influencer or someone with a following and do a free shoot for them versus someone with no following. And then maybe they'll post the photos and tag you and it's all word of mouth. Someone said, how do you shoot photos yourself? They always look so full of life. Thanks, queen. I do not shoot them myself. If I did, I would be bright red and raging because I can never get them in focus. <laughs> so shout out to my Instagram husband and Caitlin. What is the process of designing a launch from scratch for you? Okay, so usually I will take a fandom that I'm loving, especially one that fits the season. So I have a master list on my notes app of everything I can think of like events so it'll be like the second anniversary of this book coming out Joe March's birthday Christmas like it's just so random and new movie releases new like Emily Henry releases that kind of thing and I try to lean into that hype um or whatever fandom I'm into at the time this summer I wanted to do Percy Jackson so I was like well I want to do that launch so bad but I feel like I need to be in it. I think that people can tell when you are actually in the passion for the launch you're doing. So I read Percy Jackson and then I was like, okay, we're going to do a Camp Half-Blood tea. So then I get the tea. So I do the Common Room Original next and I send the idea to the designer. And as the designer's working on it, I curate a boutique launch around the Common Room Original. And generally I try to do one to two pairs of pants and other clothes that are just seasonally fitting like I'll try to do a dress sometimes or a set and then I do the most in tops because I think people feel the most comfortable shopping online with tops versus pants and then I order all the items and sometimes I don't even style the outfits and what will go with what until I get them which is bad of me but in my early days it was very important to me to style fits before I had like this sense of what would all blend together. So I would be like, okay, these pants will, will go with this shirt and do that. But now I'm just like, eh, six shirts and two pants and I'll make it work. <laughs> How did you know you wanted to start? Um, I was daydreaming so much about Harry Potter and I couldn't let it go. I reread it as an adult for the first time 
after that whole photography studio stuff went down where I said I quit my job, you know, and started my own. So even before I started my own photography business, I was like deep into Harry Potter. So there was just one point where I was like, I can't ignore this thing. Like, this is me. I'm not going to try to make being a nerdy girl like my side hustle. I want it to be my main hustle. (laughs) So yeah, it was just to the point where I couldn't get it off my mind. And then I was like, okay, let's monetize off of this. Let's make it a job. Do you draw the designs yourself slash how do you come up with them? No, I am so bad at design. It's actually shocking. (laughs) I can make like little fun Instagram posts on Adobe Illustrator, but I don't really trust myself to make a good design. But I do make very ugly mock-ups to send to designers and then (laughs) they transform it. And then as for how I come up with them, I just, I don't know. I try to channel like yeah, different design styles and not get too stuck. I, I, I honestly, the reason I'm stuttering and getting weird is because if I think about it too hard, I'm scared the like creativity spark will go out. So I kind of just like, I'll, I'll be reading a book and my brain will be like a set with puff print shapes on it that ugh, I can't say anymore. I'm going to spoil a design that's in production right now, but I'll be like a cream set with this and this and this. And then I write it down. If I think about like, if I was very thoughtful, like, oh, I should do an academia and then I should do this and then I should try this, then I would get stressed. How to manage your time, lol, okay, whoo, 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 let me tell you, I'm not the best at this, (laughs) but I can give some advice that has been helping recently, which is get on top of your sleep schedule. As an entrepreneur, that makes a world of difference. So my daily routine is a long walk before bed, like when the sun is setting. And then here's the ticket. Here's the biggest key. It's to read before bed and not be on your phone. I have been sleeping so much better. I've been sleeping like from 1030 to 8, which is very unlike me because I start reading before bed and I'll like I'll read for an hour and then I'm out Versus on my phone, I just have no concept of time and I'm like on TikTok till 2.30 a.m. But no shame and guilt. It's all a cycle. That is all I can offer. And then as for the rest of managing time, it does help me because Monday and Wednesday, I have my employees coming in from 12 to 5. So I'm always working then. My launch is always going live Tuesday at 5. So I have that. But yeah, other than that, I kind of like the flexibility, but I have a to-do list. So that I can kind of stay on task, but RIP me. I'm not that great at that. Do you make a profit slash how much money did you put into your business at the start? Originally, I put $200 into my business and that was to order my first few teas that I launched. And then that, so that was in March. And then in May, I decided I want to launch the boutique side of things. And I did a Shark Take presentation for my parents and I I wore a blazer and I made a PowerPoint and I asked them if they would loan me uh, what was it, like two, $2,300, which I never would have done. I did not want to ask for money, but my mom was very excited and she's amazing. She's so cute. She's very excited about my business. So she was like, ask dad and I, ask dad and I, dad really likes Shark Tank, so do a presentation. So then I was like, okay, might as well go big and ask for 2000 And they said yes. They were not like the real Shark Tank. They were, they were like, sure. <laughs> they weren't hard on me. They didn't ask for a stake in the business, um, 
but yeah, I was able to pay them back within the next three months. So that was very, very kind of them. And yes, I do make a profit. I, uh, I've never said this anywhere, but I actually hit a million in sales in January, which has been my biggest goal since day one. So that's pretty insane. But I, so much of that went back into the business. I'm not a millionaire <laughs> at all. I would say like, I don't know, half of that went back into the business. But for every product I get, I mark it up three and a half times so that I make profit off of everything. Someone asked, are you making any more Actar merch? The launch on November 8th is going to have two sweaters that are Sarah J. Mass themed, like not crew neck, sweaters. And then on top of that, I have candle ideas. I have crew neck ideas. I'm not sure how I'm going to fit it all into one launch. So it might be multiple, but yes, ideas are coming and I'm so freaking excited about them. Do you have any job opportunities for people in other states? I wish I did, but as of now, I don't. I'm, I've got my two employees, two of my best friends, and we'll see how things go with growing, but right now we're in a good flow, so not much else I'm looking for, but that is so sweet that you would ever want to work at the common room, and if we could, we would love to have you. All right, I'm going to answer two more questions. First one. How do you find your production teams? Any issues with communication? Um, yes, I've worked with quite a few vendors and there have been many times where stuff goes wrong. And once again, that's why I've learned to plan out as many launches in advance as I can to where if something goes wrong, I'm able to adapt. If you've ever seen me do a launch that had no common room original, no tea or candle or tote bag. That probably means something went wrong. I think that's happened like two or three times. And I was like, ah! I was, yeah. And then, like I said, my Back to Hogwarts launch went bad. I've had production errors where they like send it wrong. So that happens all the time. That's kind of where the crying comes from. Like when I'm having crises, I will cry over that stuff all the time. So I think the most helpful advice I can offer is to just make sure for your own sanity you have lots of backup options. Don't put all your stake on one item and then guarantee that that item is going to launch a certain day because chances are it will not and it won't come in time or it'll be wrong. So you kind of have to not expect that but be prepared for it, which that took me a long time to accept because I would just be like, why aren't you doing your jobs? But mistakes happen and they're my vendors, I imagine they're cranking out lots of stuff and usually they're really good at working with you. So just for your own sanity, have a backup plan. Last question, legal issues with Harry Potter. Knock on wood four times. You guys know how I be with the knocking on wood. Um, I have had no legal issues and I've gone very roundabout generally, unless I'm feeling lazy. I don't use <laughs> any names on any products. And I, I don't want to jinx myself, but I, I wonder sometimes if they've seen my stuff and just let me keep doing it because I'm promoting Harry Potter. By no means do I share political, emotional, or any type of belief with J.K. Rowling, but I believe the story belongs to the readers, like Daniel Radcliffe said. And as for this story, I am constantly spreading how much good it's done for me and for my life. So 
I imagine if they've seen that they're okay with it and if they haven't seen, I feel very confident in my products that I would not need to take many down because I've worked with my lawyer to make sure I'm staying in legal bounds. Okay, wow, this was so fun and it went by really fast. I hope this is helpful to you guys. I would love to do this more anytime. It's so fun to, to talk about the business, to share any tips. Um, I just want to do a disclaimer that it's great to get business advice, but once again, no one knows what you need like you know what you need. So take what I've said as a big old buffet. Take the foods you like and leave the foods you don't like. <laughs> And for anyone out there who has a business, who wants to have a business, you are capable. You have something that this world needs. I promise you. And the thing that this world needs is this spark in your heart that no one else has ever done. So lean into those ideas that no one else has ever done. They might feel crazy. It felt crazy for the first six months telling people that my full-time job was a clothing shop based off of books and like random niche stuff so anything is possible you can do it you really can and what a great time for a woman to be an entrepreneur go girl boss go you I don't know if I liked that I thought that was gonna be more powerful but I don't like that <laughs> okay all right thank you guys for listening have the best weekend ever love you so much bye